Hi, it's Gray Hauser, Editor-in-Chief at Monorail News Weekly and one half of the Monorail News Weekly podcast. This week, we're going to do a special bonus episode. I got to sit down with Christine, also known as Ivy Winter. You know, her videos have been on the site for a few weeks. She's going to start writing for us soon, so we wanted to kind of celebrate that and have her sit down and talk to her about what made her start putting out content about Disney and um, what she likes so much about it. Um, really just all the questions I think that you want to ask a YouTube creator um, who creates about Disney. You, you want to know a little bit more about them. Um, and we got to do that, and we're having it right here on this bonus episode. So without further ado, enjoy. How did you first become interested in Disney and in the parks? So um, I actually was one of those people that went to Disney when I was really young. Um, so my first time I was two years old and didn't remember any of it, but we recorded the whole thing, classic 80s style on the sure. tape. <laughs> sure. So I was obsessed with that growing up. Um, I'm pretty sure I drove my parents crazy watching the Main Street Electrical Parade over and over and over again. Um, and as I got older, um, I got to go a few more times as a teenager. And then when I started working and, you know, had my own expendable income and could choose where I wanted to go, I, I decided I really wanted to go back. And I was fortunate enough to have some friends who were also very into the parks. Um, so I had people to travel with. And it kind of just grew from there. I mean, now I end up going about two to three times a year. So it's gotten a little crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you started your YouTube channel how many years ago? Oh, goodness. Um, Probably, a lot of people don't know this, but probably about five years ago. Um, But when I first started it, it wasn't a Disney channel. Um, I actually started it as a gaming channel because that's another huge passion of mine. Um, And I moved away from that because... For me, I I didn't enjoy playing video games and making it feel like it was work. You know, I felt like I had to set everything up. I had to do certain things. And I realized I enjoyed that more. It's just my own personal pastime. Um, And when I was trying to figure out where to go with it, uh, you know, Rob of uh, Rob plays that game, which a lot of people know, um, convinced me to start doing Disney content and putting my own personal spin on it and the thing that I know really well obviously is Disney World because I go there so much so I wanted to start creating content that would help people plan their trips in addition to blogs and things like that as well but I, I really wanted to focus on being a channel where anybody could come and find answers about planning in general I think that's really appealing because we've had like the Diz and this was the first site that provide um, travel information, but so much of the way um, millennials and I guess Generation X get their information is from YouTube, right? right? You have people who don't watch television, they watch YouTube. That's me. <laughs> as, as horrifying as that might be to Disney and, and to legacy media companies, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We sort of have to find a way, I guess, to adapt 
And I think that putting uh, the travel information into video form almost makes it bingeable, right? That I can go to your channel and I can just watch video after video after video while I'm packing for my trip. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And you can't do that with something like my website or something like the Diz or, um, you know, a myriad of other sites out there because it requires your full attention because you're, you're reading. Right. Yeah, I, I, I feel like YouTube and I would also argue podcasts, just like this one, are are both become so popular in the past, you know, five, six years because of that. You know, I can listen to a podcast when I'm on a crowded subway train where pulling a book out might be kind of difficult, but it's easy for me to have my headphones in and listen to things. And same thing, you know, with YouTube. Like you said, I'm definitely a multitasker with YouTube. I love to put it on the TV (laughs) and do other things. (laughs) I always feel a little uncomfortable when I have, um, like, a book on public transit. Yeah. I I I feel like I'm, like, losing a sense. And, like, someone could come and, like, rob me or something. <laughs> um, I think I just always am so worried that I'm in people, especially with, I mean, you know, I'm in New York, so it can right. get incredibly crowded. And then I'm yeah. like, is my book in somebody's face or, like, armpit right now? Like, am I making people uncomfortable? So, yeah, it's not easy. Speaking of books, this is kind of a um, a, a bit of a side conversation. Um, you're, did you ever read the Kingdom Keepers series? I have not, but I do want to. Um, I find that more of the books I read about Disney tend to be nonfiction. I really like to right. read, you know, the business side of things and Imagineering and all of that. But um, I have heard great things about the series. So it's, it's been on my list for a while. You know, it's one of those things. It's like when you have a TV show on your list forever yeah. and you're like, I'm going to get to that eventually. <laughs> um, but like I haven't I, seen Snaps yet, and that's uh, going to sound even worse when this comes out like three weeks from now. <laughs> um, I, I will admit I sat down and did Bandersnatch immediately, but I love Black Mirror. So, um, But, you know, my resolution for this year, actually one of my resolutions is to read more books. I used to be sure. a very voracious reader. And, you know, in recent years, I think because of things like YouTube and all of that, I've kind of dropped off. So I want to start reading more. And so maybe I can tackle this finally this year. How did the TTA get started? How did you start the TTA? What um what what was the the moment when you said I should do a podcast? Or was there a moment? Um, I think I think the idea the idea really came from, from Rob. Uh, so I cannot take credit there, the idea of, of starting a podcast. And he and I, we talk every single day. We've been friends since we were little kids. So we often bonded about Disney, among other things, and we talk every single day while at work, you know, all of that stuff. So he said, look, we talk about Disney to each other all the time. What if we just had a podcast together and we'll see how it goes. 
it might take off. Maybe we won't like doing it. You know, it was something neither of us had ever done before. It was very brand new to us. And I was like, sure, why not? You know, it sounds like a cool side project. Um, and so we did it. We, I remember we decided to announce it when we were both on a trip together and we thought, oh, it would be really great to do the announcement video on the TCA. But little did we know that because of that, voiceover as you're going uh-huh. to the PCA was just drowning us out. So we were cracking up while we were on the ride, trying to say our lines between when the guy was talking on the CCA. Um, you guys did it when you're in the long stretch of the dark tunnel going through Space Mountain and there's nothing. Right, and then it's just, you know, dark. No one knows the effect Right, right. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was never... Um, created with any sort of plan in mind. We didn't even really know the name. We kind of, you know, tossed the names around and figured it out. Some people really plan their podcasts out and ours was just, it was born pretty naturally. And uh, now we've been doing it for over 100 episodes, which is just crazy to me. Time flies. Um, and it's been, it's been super fun. I, I, I feel you on, on the name thing. Because the name Monroe News was so far down on my list. I did it with, like, you know, a list of, like, 20 or 30 names. And, like, okay, that was taken. Taken. Yeah. Yeah. Taken. Uh, we're stuck with this name. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I think names are, are definitely secondary to the content. For us, I knew we sure. wanted we wanted to do something around. We liked the idea of taking a ride name or a character name and, like, pluralizing it. So I think that's where it first came from. And then um, we were like, oh, well, we're, like, authorities on Disney. So the Tomorrowland Transit right. authorities actually – made sense for us, um, and so it kind of just clicked. No, when I first started uh, listening to your back, I mean, are these people, like, super big experts on, like, the history of Tomorrowland specifically? <laughs> there is the, the Kilimanjaro Safari podcast. Oh, really? I haven't listened they're to like, that one. They're, like, big experts on, like, the animal kingdom. Wow. I think okay. I've only listened to, like, 30 minutes of, like, their combined 500-episode run. So, you know, they might not be, but they're certainly how it feels. <laughs> I can see how people would be confused by the name. But no, we're not. We're not tomorrow late. I would say that Rob might be a carousel of progress expert, but other than that, we're not tomorrow late specific experts. <laughs> oh, God. You're going to run out of content so fast. Um, <laughs> Right. Here's our third expo. Here's our third episode relating to the uh, little known flying saucers attraction. <laughs> <laughs> so the Tomorrowland Transit Authority is still a hobby for you, mm-hmm. and you consider your channel to be a hobby, or do you? Is that like a second thing you do in addition to your consulting work? Yeah, I mean, so right now, it's kind of my side project. It's been my side project. Um, You know, I have plans this year to try to see what I can do with it in terms of making it more of a revenue stream. But it it is an easy thing to do. You know, there's a a lot that goes into um, 
finding those sort of paths and putting into things like Patreon or, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, so right now it is still kind of a side thing for me, but as it's been growing, um, I've been seeing more potential in it, brainstorming what I can do with it. So who knows? Who knows what will happen within like the next year or so? You know, we had a one-week period where we decided we're going to run ads, and mm-hmm. uh, we made seventy-seven cents. So um, <laughs> I, I can tell you that um, the ads on YouTube do not make you rich, you guys. <laughs> um, I, I'll admit that, like you know, I, I make a little bit every month enough to to get a check from. Uh, YouTube and I forget sometimes so I'll get it and I'll be like where is this coming from and I'm like oh yeah um, but it's definitely nothing to, to live on and also being in New York it's, it's ten times harder because it's very probably wiped like, out yeah. by your state sales tax right <laughs> um, <laughs> your, state, your state income tax I'm sorry right let me do that again it's probably wiped out by your state income tax <laughs> right um, yeah New York is uh, probably second to San Francisco in terms of the most expensive places to live in the country. And I was born here, so <laughs> I kind of just ended up here. Um, so it's not... You're used to it. Yeah, I'm used to it, but it also makes it difficult to kind of take a creative endeavor and make it your full-time job. We'll be right back after this quick break. Have you heard about Anchor? If not, let me introduce you. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. They distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. And you can make money with your podcast with no minimum listenership. Whether you have 10 listeners or 10,000 listeners, Anchor will find you sponsors. It's really everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. See you on the other side. Thanks for hanging in there. Back to the show. Absolutely. Um... To move to like Wyoming or something where right. is like nothing. <laughs> so, was there ever a moment where you decided that being a fan wasn't enough and you wanted to create content for others to view? I mean, obviously, there was, but was there like a conscious moment for you mm-hmm. at some point? Yeah, I I think it was really digging into my own, like tapping into to my own skills and like what I knew, and I I knew when I started doing this kind of content that there was definitely stuff I wanted to share that I thought would be helpful for other people. I. I never really saw it as like trying to pivot myself as any sort of authority or quote unquote being a YouTuber. It's such a, <laughs> such a weird thing to say. Um, I really just 
in my day-to-day life, I was that person that everyone went to when they were planning a Disney trip. Sure. Like, do yeah. to come to me for that. And so I just wanted to be able to do that to uh, a bigger audience, not just having, you know, my coworker come up to me and, and ask me what they should do. And I never – I guess I just – I didn't know what to expect, and, you know, YouTube growth is obviously for a lot of people pretty slow. And so in the beginning, you know, I'm only talking to 50 subscribers maybe, and and um, but it, it the more feedback I was getting from people, um, the more I wanted to do it because I was getting a lot of comments and a lot of feedback that I was really helping people. Um, and I feel like that's, that's my main goal with this channel. It's never really been about, you know, uh, necessarily making a career out of it or being yeah. famous. I think some people go on YouTube and they're like, I, yeah, want, I, mean, I want to be known. I right. want to be recognized. Right. Um, my whole goal is just to really help people. And I think now some of the best comments I get from people is when they come back to me and they say, hey, I went on this trip and you know, this video and this video was super helpful. I also get a lot of people who go on solo trips um, because I have an entire series about going to the park solo. And I get people who say, I was afraid to go on a solo trip and I watched your videos and you convinced me to do it. And I just went and I had the best time. And like, to me, like even just thinking about that right now, like that just, my heart feels so full hearing that because I want people to have the... Uh, ability to go do that and to not be afraid to do it and to have those amazing experiences. Um, so I feel like that's what kind of keeps me moving forward is knowing that I'm helping people to do those sorts of things. And also I just have an incredibly kind, amazing community. Um, they're very helpful to each other and uh, it's just it's been really great to kind of see that cultivate. You hit a milestone uh, relatively recently, uh, 3,000 subscribers. Yep. <laughs> um, what was that like? Did you ever think you would get there? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess if you asked me a few years back, no. But also, then I I think I was. Re- it was really a hobby in that I was uploading videos when I could. You know, I wasn't I wasn't taking it that seriously. And then I would say about the beginning of two thousand. 17, actually, was when I started to sit down and say, okay, sure. I need to have a more consistent schedule. I need to start, you know, thinking more about my content. And then, uh, you know, I saw some growth from there, but I guess I never really – you can never really know where it's going to go, you know? Um, right. And, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's been it's been cool to – have that many people. I know, like, compared to some other people that might seem small, but I always say to myself, if I put 3,000 people in a room, that's a lot of people. There's a lot <laughs> of people, yeah. So, you know, and I, and, I, and I say that to a lot of people starting out on YouTube. I think they see numbers and they get discouraged. And they go, oh, I only have 500 subscribers. I'm, like, nothing compared to, you know, a person. And it's like, put 500 people in a room. That's 500 people who would be in a room for you to listen to you speak. Like, that's pretty amazing, you know? Yeah, like that. 50 years ago, if you could get 500 people to listen to somebody, to some random person. Right. <laughs> okay? That would be... Worthy of being written up in like the New York Times, exactly. Every news <laughs> network. 
500 people come and listen to Christine speak. <laughs> and, and, and now it's like, oh, 3,000 people. Okay, who next? Right, right. But I, I think it's important for people to like keep that perspective. I think I think YouTube becomes too much of a numbers game for some people, and they just get discouraged. And I, I think that's like the number one killer of channels. I think you got to push past the discouragement and do it for you first, and then uh, you know you'll, you'll grow and you'll get there. I want to clarify: when you search Ivy Winter on YouTube. You might get a pop-up above Christine's account that says Ivy Space Winter's Music. And it has a super <laughs> creepy image of, like, these mannequins. That is not the Ivy Winter I'm no. talking to you, right now. You want to search it as, as no spaces, and that'll be the first thing yeah. that'll pop up. <laughs> so... There's a lot going on uh, in this next year um, in the park. Yeah. Um, and, and you put out a video about this uh, by 2018 Disney Year Review and might look forward to 2019. What are you most looking forward to for people who haven't seen that video? Um, so I have plans. <laughs> I say plans because you never know what's going to happen. Um, to go to Disneyland Paris this year. And really? Read, yes, and I'm very, very excited about that. Um, yeah, is the new Phantom Manor going to be, uh, okay? <laughs> I, no, I don't know, actually. I should look into it. Um, I'll be going in September. Um, so oh, it'll be opening. It's supposed to open on February 16th, which is also my birthday. And I was, yeah, although I wouldn't go, like, like getting <laughs> a, a ride through video of the enhanced ride would be like a birthday present. Yeah, I think. But so. but, but but then they're like, yeah, we're not gonna make that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Um, yeah, it should definitely be open. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm excited. It'll be my first international park. So uh, this year I was or last year. Oh my gosh, I said this year. He thinks it's 2018. Last year <laughs> I was supposed to go to Hong Kong Disneyland um, during my honeymoon. I have had a fortunate bad snowstorm in New York that caused us to miss the first like three days of our honeymoon. And I was. That's yeah, I was so heartbroken, not just to miss that, but obviously you want yeah. to go on your vacation, you know? Yeah. Um, and so um, it just happened that this year um, I'm going to be going to London with my in-laws and realize sure. this is a perfect opportunity to add a couple of days because they're very close. Like you can Eurostar, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like four hours or something like that, um, and take the train across and do it. So I'm actually going to go to Disneyland Paris first before London uh, because I'm not going to drag my poor husband with me. Sure. <laughs> so, Is Brexit going to have happened uh, before then? Because you have to get through passport. That's um, actually not. a really good question that I will have to look into. It might. It I, I think it's in the winter of this year. Yeah. Maybe I'll just make it. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll just make it in September then. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm 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 excited. Um. And I'm and we're doing Paris proper too. I I haven't been to London or Paris, so I'm really excited. We tell a non-Disney fan, 
I'm going to uh, to France, and <laughs> I'm going to spend three days at Disneyland Paris. They're like, well, isn't that the same thing as what they have in Florida? Right. And, and you're like, no. Yeah. My, I'm pretty sure my in-laws were like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> like, I told them on Christmas, I was like, yeah, so my plan is to go early. And, and they were just like, okay. <laughs> you know, that's... You do what you want to do, but I think they feel the same way. Harry. No offense there. <laughs> None taken. It's okay. I, I did marry into a non-Disney family, but you know what? I, I come from a Disney family, so it all down. Thank you so much for listening to this special bonus episode of Monorail News Weekly. You can follow Christine at IvyWinterYT on Twitter. You can follow me at Gray Hauser on Twitter. That's Gray with an A. And remember to visit MonorailNews.com for all the latest Disney news whenever it breaks. Make the most of every day because tomorrow is just a dream away. See you Saturday.